Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in and ask questions. Okay, so our guest tonight, Ellen Richter, is a repeat guest. Ellen was on our show uh, about a year ago, October. Ellen is an experienced EFT practitioner, life wellness coach, and Reiki master who uses the principles of the law of attraction to help people transform their lives. Her years of training and experience combined with her natural intuition, compassion, and passion to help people live their fullest potential. Ellen's energy is contagious, her sense of humor keen, and her natural creativity an asset to finding solutions. Ellen has earned degrees in psychology and special education, is a member of the elite Phi Beta Kappa Society, and continues to further her education. She's a published author, runs a successful practice, and does private speaking engagements. Ellen's mission is to empower people with the necessary knowledge and tools for success while guiding them through magical transformation. You can reach Ellen at 631-326-6116 or email her at l at lawofattractionfun.com. Ellen Richter, are you with us? I am, Andrew. Hello. Hello. I I think that might be the longest introduction I've ever done. (laughs) I got a kick out of hearing it myself. <laughs> I bet you didn't know how uh, how cool you are until right. just now. <laughs> it's so nice to be back. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, I think you are the third or the fourth, my fourth double guest in 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 my oh, not quite two year year and a half of shows. That's great. I'm honored. So the, you all, you should be honored. It's a very special thing that I that I invite people that I like back to my show. So, first of all, now the last time we talked about a number of different things, but tonight we really want to talk more about EFT. And so let's start with, and especially for people who did not listen to the last show, what is EFT? EFT, besides being my passion, <laughs> is, an, is an incredible, incredible tool. It stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And basically, it's a form, it's similar to acupuncture, but without needles. And it involves tapping with your fingertips on various meridian endpoints along the body. And it's used in all areas of life to really clear out emotional issues of all sorts. And we'll talk a little bit later about the specific applications. Um, But it was something developed by Gary Craig, who modified thought field therapy, which had been developed by a man named Roger Callahan. And the background on that is that Roger Callahan studied the acupuncture points and what they related to as far as emotional issues. And he designed all these intricate patterns of tapping on specific acupuncture points 
for various ailments, whether they were physical or emotional. And people would have to memorize the patterns and memorize which points corresponded to which issue. And Gary Craig was a student of Roger Callahan's, and he learned how to do this thought field therapy, but he's a Stanford engineer, and he had a very logical, scientific brain. And he thought that perhaps there was a way to simplify this so that it wasn't so complicated where more people can learn how to use it. And he played around, and he um, tried some various things, and he really developed emotional freedom technique, or EFT, which follows the same guidelines. However, he found if you tap on the general meridian points where they meet at the end of the body, you can really use those points for any issue, and that eliminated the need to learn these intricate patterns for what goes with what. And what happened over the years is that practitioners in the field, myself included, started applying this to all areas in life, not only emotional but physical, um, sports performance, things like that, which we can go into in a little bit. But that's the basic background for it. So it's a therapeutic tool that has very wide and very effective applications. It sounds pretty extensive. Has there been any kind of uh, independent testing or anything like that? outside of uh, the practitioners? It's interesting that you say that. It is somewhat of a subjective therapeutic tool because, first of all, emotions, pain, anxiety, stress, um, hardships, those are subjective situations. And so situational relief, when the person who's using it, um, either on their own or, or with a practitioner, when they feel relief, that's the, the the real value in it. So a lot of it is situational. However, there have been a few studies done. Um, for instance, there was a study done with the Oregon State University basketball team where there was a, a group of players who received a placebo treatment and then there were a group of players who received the EFT treatment and they did find that those receiving the EFT had a 38% better score when it came to their three-throw shots. Mm. Well, that's a substantial number. Absolutely. So how, how did how did you come to EFT? Well, that's really interesting. I mean, my background is psychology and special education. I would teach during the day and ran a traditional therapy practice in the evenings. And about 15 years ago, I got into the law of attraction, and way, way, way before it became popularized, way before The Secret came out, and about eight years ago, I got trained in the emotional freedom technique. And how did I get into both of these? <laughs> because the universe delivered. Literally, I was in a bookstore, and somebody knocked a book off the shelf about the law of attraction, and that's how I first started reading about it. And as far as the emotional freedom technique, I learned about it from other colleagues in the field of psychology. I started incorporating it first into my own life, and then I tried it on my children, and I saw results, and I brought it into my therapy uh, practice, and then what I ended up doing was revamping my whole um, school, my whole, my whole way of, of dealing with people. I took co- coaching classes, and I don't really do traditional therapy anymore. I do law of attraction coaching combined with the EFT. What made you uh, um, stop doing the traditional therapy? Well, I would find that people would come to me and they'd have issues. They'd come with their big, giant issues, and they'd talk. Sometimes they'd cry. Sometimes they'd yell. Sometimes we would beat pillows. 
and they might feel better in the moment. They feel better temporarily. But what I noticed was that the same issues were there, and we would work on things for months, sometimes years, and they weren't really clearing out. And that's probably what got me to start seeking alternatives. And the beauty and the power of emotional freedom technique is that things clear out much, much faster than with traditional therapy because you're addressing the energetic and emotional systems of the body. EFT talks directly to the body. And I'm sure you're aware of this, Andrew, that most of our behavior is controlled by our subconscious brain. Over 90% of what we do every day in our lives is controlled by thoughts and belief systems that we carry around in our subconscious mind that we're not even aware of. And so the EFT speaks directly to the body, and it bypasses our conscious mind where we have our fears and our doubts and our thoughts. And it's very, very powerful. And so that when I saw that it was more effective in actually neutralizing the traumas out of the system, I knew I had to switch and get away from traditional therapy. You know, I, what, for some reason it was coming into my brain. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials. I do a little bit. <laughs> E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. So I'm thinking yes. when E.F.T. speaks, your body listens. That's right. Absolutely. You just got to bring John Hausman back from the dead to do the commercial for it. <laughs> that would be great. So uh, what are some of the applications of EFT? Well, as I mentioned briefly, it really started to spread. Originally, it was used for emotional issues, so anger, stress, anxiety, depression, traumas, things like that. But what we noticed was that um, a lot of physical symptoms tend to clear up because most physical symptoms and illnesses have an emotional root cause. So we started realizing in the field that you can tap directly on your illness, directly on your symptoms, and sometimes you get relief in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then you dig deeper and you start to look for the emotional cause behind the symptoms and you tap on that. It can be used, and it is being used, I'm working now with athletes for sports performance, people who play golf, people who play tennis, people who play pro. Um, after all, a lot of sports performance is mental. And so if you're carrying around anxiety or stress or issues about, first of all, your performance, um, second of all, if you're carrying around personal issues that are on your mind, you're not going to be at the top of your game. So it's becoming even more widespread in the, in the sports field. Um, we use it for eating disorders. Mm -hmm. You can tap directly for cravings. You can tap for a new body image. You can tap on emotional eating, things like that. Um, I'm also now bringing it into something that's very exciting, actually, into organizations and businesses first of all, in the group level so that you can change the energy of an organization and then also at the individual level because if you think about it, most people spend a good majority of their day where? At, at work. The, at work. And so, again, if they're tired or they have a physical ailment or they have relationship issues or issues with children or financial issues, they're also not at the top of the game. They're not centered. They're not balanced. And so they're not going to be as productive as they possibly can be. So it's been um, proven that corporations lose billions of dollars um, because of the stuff that people bring with them to work, 
because of their illnesses or their pains, because of their addictions, because of their cravings, their cigarette smoking. Um, so there's lost productivity. There's a lot of absenteeism. There's people who are sitting at their desks, just not focused, not present, not able to do their job. We can improve the relationships among the workers in the workplace using EFT so that you know things are more copacetic, that people mm-hmm. are getting along better. Um, where else are we using it? Oh, my goodness, just about on everything. In fact, that's one of the expressions in the field, try it on everything. Mm. Um, I've gotten people off cigarettes. Um, relationships, I do relationship coaching with EFT where I teach people to <laughs> um, tap before they speak, and it really diffuses a lot of the anger that goes on in relationships. Or you might say tap before they hit. Tap before you hit. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so I'd like to hear more, a little bit more about um, the corporate client and how does that work? How did, what, what, what kind of environment does that look like when you're going in there? Well, it's interesting, Andrew, the way it came to be. Uh, I have a couple of private clients who are business owners, and they've seen the results in their own life by coming to me as a private client, and they started to you know, realize, well, if it's affecting my life in such a positive way, I need to bring this into my workplace. So that's how this whole idea started to brew in my head. And I've come in in various ways. I've done Lunch and Learn seminars where anybody who's interested can sign up throughout the course of the day, and I present an intro about EFT, and of course I talk about the law of attraction and how I combine those. I do a hands-on demo. You know, I involve a little bit of humor to lighten it up because not everybody is open to this type of work yet. Um, So we have the Lunch and Learn seminars. I also do workshops. So I can do a morning workshop or an afternoon workshop where people go deeper into what's going on with them um, on a personal level. And we do actually corporate EFT sessions where we talk about the goals of the company and things like that and how everybody can work towards that common goal. Sometimes workers don't feel empowered, and so the, the owner of the company wants the employee to work towards their huge goal. But if the employee is not feeling empowered or important or valuable or heard, listened to, they're not going to really feel motivated to help that employer reach their goal. And so these are all ways I'm bringing it into organizations. Very cool. And also tell me more about working with athletes. How does that work and what are some of the results you've gotten? <laughs> That's really a fun one to do. Um, I have a client who is an avid tennis player and knows that he's a fantastic player, is very proud of his game, does well, except for his serve. And we'll, we can talk about limiting beliefs. We can come back to that. But he is carrying around a belief that he cannot serve. And serving, of course, in tennis is a huge part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was carrying around this belief, and he would freeze every time it came to his turn to serve, and he just carried out that belief that he carries with him on the tennis court, and it was really impacting his game. It was impacting his confidence level. He was ready to give it up, and it's really his favorite sport. So I worked with him around the issues. What was the problem with the serve? Did he feel he didn't have the physical ability? Was it a mental block? 
Was it something about inadequacy? Um, and we, we, we got into the emotional issues around it, and we tapped on those. We tapped on the visualization of him getting on the court and, and, and watching himself serve. I taught him to tap before he goes out to play his game. And the beauty of EFT is once you become proficient in it, you can tap mentally in your mind. And so now he brings that onto the court with him because um, it's hard to envision if you're not familiar with it, but what you really do is you take your fingertips and you go along your head and your face tapping these points, and obviously some people are uncomfortable doing that in public. So when you do become proficient, you can do it mentally in your mind, and that's what he does. He stands on that court, and he goes through these meridian endpoints, seeing them, visualizing them, and he taps before each time he serves. And really, it has improved, and it's brought his confidence back, and he just won his first match in, in a while yesterday. Now, where are these um, places you tap well, most of them are centered around the head and face. There is one on the collarbone and under the arm. There are a few on the fingertips. But most of them are um, the top of the head, the eyebrow, the outer eye, um, the under the eye, under the nose. And it really is where the energy centers of the body, the meridians of energy, come together. And also um, there are a lot of energy meridians in the ends of the fingertips which is why we use the fingertips to also tap on these points, so you're getting it from both ends. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it possible, by the way, to accidentally uh, tap? Accidentally tap on the wrong point? No, I mean, let's say you're just uh, tapping yourself on the, on the head for some strange reason. or you know. Well, it's really interesting that you say that. That must be your intuitive side coming forth. Because what we found is that when people are under stress, they naturally tap. A lot of times people will tap on their thymus gland, which is very close to one of the meridian points that we use in EFT. A lot of times people will lean their head on their hands and just start tapping their head like they're thinking about things. So it seems to be an inborn gut instinct to tap on these points anyway. <laughs> so it's, oh, you say accidental, I don't believe in accidents. I believe that that's our inner instinct telling us what we need to do. Well, I have this thing I do that uh, it just drives people crazy. When I'm under stress and I start doing this thing with my eyes, you'd have to see it to believe it. Um, but I, but I, I thought about this as you were saying that because the, the parts of my eye and eyebrows that I'm hitting uh, I, I suspect that they're where you were just describing. Well, it's interesting. You know, people can certainly Google the tapping points. Also, uh-huh. they can email me directly if they want. I will be glad to send anybody the tapping points that we use. But I do um, find that, you know, people tell me just what you're telling me when they come to me for the first time and, and they, they, they learn what the points are. They say, wow. I do that anyway. A lot of times people will just tap their fingers together naturally, instinctively when they're under stress. So it's very interesting. Now, um, you know, we do have um, an open line here so people uh, can call in. We have have one caller on the line that I think has a question. I'm also going to repeat the phone number. If anyone would like to call in, the the phone number is 646-929-2893. You can also come into the chat room. We have a couple of guests in the chat room. And you're welcome to post a question there for Ellen. Okay, so we have a guest calling in from Long Island. And let's see if this person is ready with a question because the hand is up. 
Hello. Do you have a question for Ellen? I guess not. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the hand was up. I put I put this person back on mute. Um, Are there any questions coming into the chat room? So far, no questions in the chat room. But again, if you have a question, you can come online into the chat room. We'll call 646-929-2893. And when you do that and you press the number one, a little hand comes up on my switchboard, and that means you have a question. Without a hand, it means you just you just wanted to call in and listen in, which you can also do. So I have more questions for you, Ellen. Um, there's something that I wrote a note about called writings on the wall. <laughs> what are writings on the wall? Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to back up a little bit and give you a little introduction. Sure. Um, first about that. So we all come into this world as these innocent little babies, full, all full of ourselves. And what happens? <laughs> we come into families where parents have to reprimand us or tell us to stay away from things. And we grow a little older and we start going to school where we have teachers who may be having a bad day themselves and haven't learned to tap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we're taking it out on, on us in the schools. We get religious teachings, we have siblings, we have friends, and sometimes children can just be a little bit mean. And what happens is we start to develop these beliefs about the world and about ourselves. And a lot of them aren't pretty, and a lot of them don't serve us well. But what happens is we incorporate them into our subconscious. So, for instance, if you grow up in a family where, let's say, there's a lot of arguing, you may incorporate a belief into your subconscious mind that love revolves around fighting or arguing. Mm -hmm. If you were punished as a child um, for doing something that your parents thought was wrong, and it happened quite frequently, you might end up with this belief system that when you do the slightest thing wrong, or if you're not perfect, in other words, you're going to be punished. You're going to lose something that's valuable to you. A lot of us have things taken away from us when we were young. Um, So you develop these beliefs, these these absolute beliefs, that you don't know whether they're true or not. You just know that this is what your environment looks like. Mm -hmm. And as a young, impressionable child, these become part of how you see the world. And so these limiting beliefs, as we call them, are the writings on the wall. So everybody's writings are different. Now, where (laughs) this becomes very important is, as I said earlier, most of what we do, most of what we create in our world, most of the things we think and believe and act upon and attract to to us come from these writings on our wall. And that's why everybody's life looks different than everybody else's because you don't know what each person is carrying around with them. So these writings on the wall may be things such as, um, you know, brothers are mean or um, lovers are punishing or the world isn't safe or I can't trust men, things like that. Or if I'm not perfect, I have to suffer. Hmm. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about. Now, most of us carry these beliefs with us, and we're not even aware of them. So here's another one. Here's a really, really common one. If you grew up in a family where money 
was not abundant, you might grow up with a poverty consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, and and what what did a lot of us learn when we were little? If you want to earn money, what do you have to do? Go out and work. You have to get your college degree first. Oh, that. <laughs> and then you have to get a job. All right. And then, if you want more money, what do you have to do? Uh, get a raise. Get a raise. You have to work harder for that, mm-hmm. or you have to find a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, or money doesn't grow on trees, and it's hard to come by. So if this is your belief system, if this is your writing on the wall, you're going to create that. And where does EFT come into that? We find what these beliefs are, these limiting beliefs, these writings on our walls, and we bust them. We change the energy pattern around them with this tapping. And by the way, um, uh, I had a guest a couple of weeks ago, Frederick Lehrman, and uh, he has a very well-known series about what's called uh, poverty consciousness, actually a prosperity consciousness. So he, he teaches about prosperity consciousness, and in fact, uh, we have a couple of events that I'm uh, helping to put together regarding um, that one's called the um, Surfing the Economic Tsunami, which will be an all-day event in, uh, in New York in early November. That's fantastic. That's um I, I incorporate that into my coaching practice by teaching about the law of attraction because what's interesting is when we use emotional freedom technique to clear out a lot of these limiting beliefs, unless people know what to replace them with or learn skills to attract mm-hmm. new things to them, they tend to revert back or they feel lost or they feel uncomfortable. Change is very uncomfortable for people. So people rather be miserable because it's comfortable. <laughs> So I incorporate this prosperity consciousness and this learning about the law of attraction and how to create new vibrations within you after you clear out the old negative vibrations. And quite frankly, it's very predominant, Andrew, that people just don't think that they deserve abundance or that abundance can come easily to them. And so what kind of results have you had then with transforming that belief through EFT? Personally or with my clients? With your clients. With my clients. I find that some people are more resistant than others, which is interesting. And again, it goes back to your background. So some people will make the transformation rather quickly, and some people have to work on it for months um, and, and probably will do it you know, for a good part of their life because their writings on the wall are just so deep. Um, but I have noticed that people who are open to it and are really ready to make the change, soar, absolutely soar. Because what happens, this is the way Gary Craig describes um, issues in, in the world of EFT. So something like a poverty consciousness would be your tabletop issue. And a tabletop is composed of table legs that support it. Mm-hmm. The table legs in the world of EFT are these little incidents that happen to us, these little memories or stories or Um, things that were said to us when we were young that compose um, this tabletop. So what we do in EFT is we break things down and we try to recall these very specific incidents or table legs, and we bust those. And if you bust a few of them, then the entire tabletop collapses. So people who are ready to make the change, I find, um, come up with their stories more easily. They remember what was said to them. They remember the, the things that happened to them when they were young, and we bust through them, and they really change quite quickly. 
Hmm. Very cool. I wanted to tell you just briefly about the process of emotional freedom technique, how it works. Oh, that'd so be great. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is is we choose a target, and what we mean by that is what are we working on today? Are you right in the middle of a high-pressured situation? Are you in the midst of an argument? Are you sitting in a traffic jam? Are you dying for that piece of chocolate? Are you feeling anxious about something? If you're right in the midst of it, what we do is we go right to these tapping points, and we just start to tap on the meridian endpoints until we feel a shift in our energy. When we're using it as a therapeutic tool, um, so if somebody walks into my office and they're not in the midst of something going on right then and there, but their life isn't working the way they want it to, their relationships aren't working or they're not in a career that makes them happy or their financial picture doesn't look as they want it to, now we're talking about the therapeutic use of EFT and we choose a target. So what is it today? Are we working on the job? Are we working on the relationship? And then what we do is we measure the feeling, the emotion, right then and there about that target issue. And we measure it on with something called the SUDS scale, which is a subjective scale. How are you feeling from zero to ten? Zero, it's really not giving you any distress right now in the moment. And ten, you feel like you want to go through the roof. And so we measure it, and we, 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 we want um, people to have something to go back to. Because, again, this is, this is all subjective. Um, you're the one in your situation. You know what you're feeling. You're the one getting those heart palpitations or feeling that anger or feeling the sadness or feeling the pain. And so when they, we put a number on it, it gives us, some, gives us something to go back to after the tapping. And people can see the difference. They can feel it. So it sort of gives something concrete to this whole process. So we have the client measure how they're mm-hmm. feeling in the moment, and then we do something called a setup phrase, which involves um, saying a positive affirmation around the issue. So let's say the issue was anxiety. So while we're tapping on what we call the karate chop point, which simply is where you would give somebody a karate chop at the, at the edge of the hand, we would tap on that while we're saying something like, even though I have this anxiety, I deeply and completely love and accept myself anyway. And the purpose of this setup phrase, Andrew, is that it addresses something called psychological, psychological reversal which is that yes, but that comes from our subconscious mm. mind. So most of us um, don't know what we're carrying around, and then the first step is awareness. And then when we have this awareness and we try to change it, we get this resistance from our subconscious mind because, again, the body seeks comfort emotionally, physically, and any kind of change is uncomfortable for the body. So this setup phrase addresses that yes, but that's going on within us that we may mm-hmm. not be aware of. So after we do that setup phrase, we go right to these meridian endpoints that I talk about, and we focus on the target issue. So we would tap on the top of the head while saying this anxiety, this anxiety that I feel. I feel so anxious right now. And we would move through the series of points focusing on the specific target issue that we're working on. And we usually do two rounds of it, and then I have the client take a nice, deep, slow breath, and we go back to that sub scale, 
and the person tunes in with themselves and how, how are they feeling right now. And what we find, Andrew, it's, it's pretty interesting. Sometimes mm-hmm. the number actually rises before it drops. Um, as you bring the body through this awareness of what you're going through, sometimes people get a rise. And that's okay. There's no right or wrong. There's no what, ego. What do you mean by a rise? So in, in, in other words, um, I have a client who is very phobic about speaking and happens to be in a job where she has to give presentations to large groups. So when she first came to me um, and she started describing the target issue to me, she felt the anxiety rising in her. And I had her rate it on this sub scale. What, what is your anxiety level right now when you're thinking about and talking to me about giving a presentation at work? And for argument's sake, we'll say she was a four. We went through the rounds of the tapping, and when we checked back in with her, she felt it rise to a six. Mm. So that's what I mean by going up. I do find that most of the time people go down immediately, but occasionally people will rise in their intensity level because now they're working it through their system. And that's okay. And so we just go back to the tapping and we tap through the rounds again. And the goal in EFT when you're working on a specific target issue is to get your intensity level down to a 2, a 1, or a 0. And then typically, how fast a process is this? That's a very difficult question to answer because everybody is so individual. It really depends on their openness, their willingness to do the work that I give them in between. It depends on what the issue is, how deep-seated it is, how far back it goes. It depends on the type of issue it is. Things like stress and anxiety you can clear almost instantly. And that's the beauty of this, that you can learn how to use it on your own right in the midst of a crisis situation and 99.9% of people find immediate relief. So that's very cool. When you're working on deeper issues, you know, deep-seated stuff, it really absolutely varies between individuals. Uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, as you said, doing it, uh, doing it yourself. So tell me more about that. Sure. EFT is very simple to learn. It's really a very forgiving system as well. So if you're you know, a micromillimeter off the point, it's okay. So learning the points and learning how to focus on what you're feeling is very simple. The art of it is knowing the background, using intuition, getting out of your own story, which is why people end up working with a practitioner. But it's very valuable to use yourself, as I said before, if you find you're in a high-stress situation. So let's say you're in the middle of an argument or you feel an argument coming on. I teach people how to excuse themselves, (laughs) go into the bathroom or a bedroom, wherever they can find a, a place to be alone, and tap and just simply tap on the points until they feel a shift in their energy and then go back into that situation. And what we find is that people will not be as affected by the words of the other person, will um, say different things themselves because now they're coming from a centered, calm place. Okay, so it's very valuable that way. If you're in the middle of a traffic jam and you feel your anxiety rising because you're going to be late for something or you're just so angry at the way people are driving, you can simply tap on the points yourself and diffuse the energy. So I imagine it might help with road rage. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. 
Better to and tap again, on the head than to bash on the horn. Well, you know, it's funny. I have a funny story. When I first got trained in this, uh, I guess it was about eight years ago, um, I was out, and I tell the story to my groups, um, I was out doing errands with somebody, and we got to one of the, the stores that, that they wanted to go to, and I decided to wait in the car. I said, I'm going to practice this EFT thing. <laughs> and I was going through the points, and I'm sitting in the car in a parking lot, and I'm tapping, and I'm you know, really concentrating. And I didn't notice that the person parked next to us had come back to their car and must have noticed me doing this really weird thing <laughs> and knocks on the window and says, are you okay? <laughs> because mm-hmm. I guess they just couldn't imagine what I was doing. And I started to laugh and I said, oh, I'm perfectly fine. I just got released from the mental institution. <laughs> ah. <laughs> just cracking a joke because I really didn't want to go into what I was doing. And I just found the humor in it. So I go back to what I said before, that when you learn it, and it really is simple to learn the points, and when you get used to using it, you can do it mentally and visually. So if you are on that road in the car and you're stuck in traffic and people are looking in the windows and you don't want to strike up a very strange conversation, you can do it visually within your own mind. Now, before when you were speaking about yes, but, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, I've used is the rubber band on the wrist, and I'm wondering if there's any relationship. Do you know well, what I'm speaking about? T- well, you use it as a reminder. Well, no, correct? not the no. I mean, where you take the rubber band and pull it all the way back whenever you say yes, but, and snap it. And is that to feel the pain or to remind? Oh, yo, the you definitely got to feel the pain in this particular mode. But the tapping sounds a lot more gentle. I'm just, but I'm just wondering if there's any relationship to um, hitting, maybe you're just hitting a point really hard with a rubber band. Well, that could be. I mean, my my best answer to that is I think in that case it really is just serving as a reminder to your body to shift, mm. change your thoughts. And that's something that I bring into my coaching as well when I teach people about the law of attraction. We are naturally wired to look at what's wrong and what's not working and what we don't like. Right. And, and all this negative chatter that goes on within our minds constantly. And so that is actually a very useful tool to do the rubber band or to set off a little beeper on your BlackBerry or whatever it is throughout the day to remind yourself to simply shift your thoughts. So when you catch yourself saying, oh, I don't like this and I don't want that, you know, turn it around to say, well, what do I want? And I incorporate the EFT in combination with that because when people start to become aware of what they do want and what they want to bring into their life, what they want their life to look like, again, they get stuck or they meet with this resistance because of those writings on the wall. So it's really a two-prong approach using the emotional freedom technique to change the energy patterns around the negativity and then replacing it with these new tools and techniques to use the law of attraction on your behalf. And speaking of on your behalf, what is surrogate tapping? Oh, very, very, very cool. Actually, and I want to talk about borrowing benefits as well. So Bo- borrowing talk. benefits? Borrowing benefits. Which should we talk about first? Uh, well, let's start with borrowing benefits. That when that one you really got me, so I'm very curious. Okay. So you can tap within a group situation, and I um, had been running EFT circles for quite some time um, 
fortunately, my practice is still busy now that I, I gave up these circles for a while. But in any group situation, and, and this is, again, in corporations, what we found is that some people aren't ready to deal with their own issues. They want to consciously, but something's holding them back. Or they're just not open to this um, tapping on themselves. They don't like to be the center of attention. So what you do, and again, um, there's different ways to use this, but we'll start out with a group situation. You can think about your issue for a moment, rate your intensity level about it, and then just put it aside and tell yourself you're going to tap for whoever is sitting in what we call the hot seat in a group situation, and you're going to tap for them about their issue with the intent of bringing them healing. And you tap along with whatever the practitioner is telling the person in the chair to tap for on their own issue. And the absolutely amazing thing is that we find that your own issue will clear. You'll get relief. Mm. And the reason that happens is because the details of everybody's story might be different, but there are universal things we're all carrying around. And those things you know, look like I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve to have happiness, or I feel inadequate, or I have anxiety in, about blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So the situations may manifest differently for individuals, but the universal limiting beliefs are there, and that's why you get these what we call borrowing benefits, even when you don't consciously tap on your own issue. Very enlightening, Ellen. It is. It's actually cool. And the other way to use that, and I've done this um, before, is I make um, you know tapping scripts for people, personal tapping scripts. Um, I've done recordings, and I've done them on issues that again aren't for the specific client because some people just aren't ready to deal with their own stuff, mm-hmm. or they don't like to um, you know feel like the focus is on them. So they actually will tap along to recordings or scripts that I've used with other people, and again, they find that their own issue subsides. That just sounds so funny, tap along, like sing along. <laughs> as long as you don't ask me to sing along, and we've yeah. discussed this before. Follow <laughs> the bouncing uh, finger. As uh, I'll tell you what, though, that might be my next venture. Can I use EFT to improve my singing ability? Uh, I say uh, possibly. Uh, I'm one of those people who believes that most people can learn to sing. Some people oh. believe all people can learn to, to sing, but I, I I think it's most. Well, I might be in that small little percentage <laughs> that is either just not able or I'm just carrying around this incredible writing on my wall that won't allow me to tap into it. Yeah, well, very well may be. I mean, when I was when I was a kid, I was told I couldn't sing, and... Um, and, and don't sing and don't even try. And it was only until later on in life that I found my voice and found how to sing. And you do have an incredible voice. I've heard you. Oh, thank you. There's, there'll be a little something extra in your in your envelope this week, Ellen. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh. Well, I'll tell you that if I can use the, the tapping to improve my singing abilities, that would be a great gift to this world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. So now let's get back to the first question, which uh, that I had about five minutes ago, surrogate. Yeah, tapping. surrogate tapping. Okay. 
So there are people who we all would love to help or heal, and they are simply just not open to the healing or they're not open to the emotional freedom technique or any other type of healing modality. Mm -hmm. And what Gary Craig found is that um, you can tap for another individual, and there's different ways to do that. So you can... Um, visualize the person within your mind and visualize their issue and you tap on your own body as if you are them, stating the intent to heal that person before you begin your tapping session. So I will tell you that when my children were younger, they were very open to this type of work and as they went through the teenage stage of rebellion, they didn't want to know from it. And certainly we all know that teenagers can be very challenging at times. And what I did was I did a lot of surrogate tapping. So I would um, find a quiet time and a quiet space, and I would locate, you know, um, the specific issue in my mind that I wanted to help them with. And I would visualize one of my children in my mind and get very, very specific about what my intent was to help them with. And then I would go through the series of the tapping points on myself, and I would go through the whole routine. And there's two reasons that we find that this works. One is there's the intent to help other people. There's a universal connection among us all. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that when you want to help somebody, when you're upset and distressed yourself about somebody's issue, you're not helping them because your vibration around them and their issue is sort of matching the very problem you're trying to get rid of. Mm. So by doing the surrogate tapping, you're also at the same time relieving your own anxiety, stress, upset about their issue, changing your vibration within yourself around it, which naturally affects their vibration and also helps to dissolve the issue. So... No, so are you actually saying though that that your you what you're doing in your mind can have a specific effect on someone else? Absolutely. I mean, we are in a universal. Well, let's say we are in a universe that's comprised of energy and vibration. Everything is vibration, mm-hmm. and everything is energy, and we are all interconnected. And that's why you know, and we've all had these experiences you might start thinking about a friend that you haven't had contact with in forever, and you Mm -hmm. think about them, and you think about them, and what happens? Within three, four, or five days a week, you get that phone call or that email from them. Mm -hmm. That's not coincidence. That is the interconnectedness amongst everybody, where the energy is just flowing out and people do respond. That's why when I use EFT within relationships, when you change the energy around your feelings about what the other person, you know, quote-unquote, did to you or your anger issues towards them, they respond. When you change your own energy, people respond to it. Hmm. So when it comes to the surrogate tapping, yes, the intention to heal the other person definitely plays a big part of it. And the other um, half is you're changing your own energy pattern around it, which definitely does help them. And I know that you must be um, familiar with this. There have been studies on prayer for people Mm -hmm. in hospitals where Mm -hmm. um, people around the world have prayed for an individual within a hospital and they have gotten better. Yes, absolutely. 
So uh, you know, that that also begs the question of uh, can this be used uh, for evil instead of good? Hmm, interesting question. Is there EEFT? <laughs> my mind tends not to go there. Um, my own personal belief is no. I believe that okay. the forces of the universe are good and that evil intent for another person just doesn't happen. I mean, you can get into the whole voodoo doll thing. Um, That's what actually I was going there, or to Santeria, you know, one of these kinds right. of things where they, people put spells on people. And I'm now, of course, I'm imagining what if the Taliban got a hold of this technique? Oh, you know? my goodness. I think we needed to tap on those issues that are going <laughs> through your mind right now. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's not my belief system. I'm okay. sure that there are people who do believe that, but I don't go there. I think, if anything, it's the power of suggestion or it's people's fear. But, um, no, I tend to think that the universe is good and that um, any good intention will, will definitely bring an effect, and I, I don't believe the reverse. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as, as the truth. Good. Uh, <laughs> Now I, I understand that that you don't do this, but that there, that some people use EFT for uh, helping their pets. Yes, there are practitioners in the field who do use it on um, their pets. Um, now it's funny; I happen to be a cat person, and I do have a few in my home. And there are times that I've done Reiki on my pets because I mm -hmm. am also a Reiki master. I haven't done the tapping on the pets. I. I Suppose that if I were to go down that road, it would be in the form of surrogate. I just don't see my cat sitting still long enough for me to tap on them. Mm. Already so they might like get when you try to tap on them. <laughs> exactly, but with the intention of um, healing, you know, my cat and holding the vision of them within my mind, I would mm -hmm. go through tapping myself as far as the surrogate goes. Um, you know, that's the that's the amazing thing about this. I think when Gary Craig first developed this and started this, you know, years ago, back in the 80s, he didn't expect the results that, that we found. And I don't think he expected this to mushroom and grow into every area. I mean, I've done demos in um, Merrill Lynch. I've done demos across Long Island where people just come up to the chair with the most bizarre things. And a lot of times they come up with disbelief and they just can't get over the, the change and the results. Now, not everybody gets those immediate results, but with certain issues, we find that it's almost universal. And again, those are anxiety and stress and cravings. Very, very, very effective in the moment, almost unanimously. Mm. Well, I like hearing about that because I, I definitely have, have my share of cravings. So what I would tell you to do is to tap before you reach for that. What's your weakness? I have a few. A chocolate is a big one for me. Uh, potato chips. Okay. So ice cream. <laughs> but you know what? They all sound really good. Yeah, to me, I know. Especially that chocolate. So the way we would use EFT for cravings, again, it's not to eliminate your desire for the food completely, because I believe that everything this universe has to offer should be yours to enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to tell a client you're never going to have a piece of chocolate again or a bag of potato chips or that pint of Ben & Jerry's. What we're going to do is use the EFT to get rid of the craving 
which is really not the place you want to be coming from when you want to enjoy that food. So what you would do is you would tap on that craving before you reach for the food. And that's where the commitment of the client comes in because I can sit with you in my office and we can get results, but you need to do your work on your own. So if you would make the commitment, let's say you were a client of mine and and I would ask you for that verbal commitment, sometimes in writing, to tap before you reach for that forbidden food or that food that you're just dying to have in the moment, you would find that the craving often disappears and then you may just choose not to eat the food in the moment or you might think you want it, but you want it from a different place and you won't gorge yourself on it, let's just put it that way. Mm. You'll eat it within moderation. And then after um, you tap on the craving, you need to look at the emotional root cause behind it. You know, what's it doing for you? Is it filling a need of emptiness? Is it, you know, um, a stress relief, which oftentimes it is. People just find that they need to do something to alleviate the stress that they're feeling in the moment. So some people reach for a cigarette, some people reach for a drink, some people reach for the chocolate, some people yell and scream, some people hit things. Um, Now I'm trying to tell people tap. So we tap directly on the craving and we find that often people don't want to eat that food in the moment or they want it, but they want it from a different place where they'll have it in moderation. And then I teach people how to look for the emotional cause behind it. What was the trigger? Were you stressed? Is that what caused you to want it? And then we go deeper, okay, as to, um, you know, what are you, what are what purpose is this craving or this overeating of the food serving, you know, for you? Hmm. Oh, by the way, I do have a question uh, from uh, Brian Toastmasters in the chat room. Hi, Brian. Brian <laughs> I'm glad you're uh, on the call. Brian uh, was uh, mentioning Toastmasters and... Apparently he's with with them. Uh, he would like to know: uh, Does it take practice to learn this technique, or, or what kind of practice? That's a great question. And you know what? Toastmasters is a phenomenal organization. I happen to know Brian personally, and um, he does a great job with that. And EFT ties into, of course, public speaking so well. People who have to give presentations, and as they are joining the Toastmasters organization to learn how to speak better um, can really, really benefit from using EFT, you know, in conjunction with it to relieve any of the anxiety around the speaking. So to answer the question, it's very simple to learn the points. It's very easy to learn how to use it in the moment. Where the skill comes in is, again, with the deep-seated issues, those writings on the wall, or um, the emotional reasons for your behavior, or traumas that you've been through, things like that, phobias. Um, that's where working with a practitioner is very useful. Gotcha. That answered it. So easy to learn, easy to memorize the points. Um, the art comes into the deeper issues. Okay, great. So, Ellen, what's and that we're we're going to start wrapping up here. So, what's next for you? <laughs> that depends on the day. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I would definitely like to develop um, product. I, I have a book that's been half written for now two years. Um, really, my passion now, I think, is 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 really pursuing the, the corporate world. Again, I'm so happy to have been privileged to be. Um, 
brought into the organizations of my private clients, and now I'm really trying to get the word out um, with that. So I'm probably going to focus there, and again, with the sports performance. So anybody who plays a sport and wants to improve it, um, anybody who is a small business owner or um, is an HR person, anybody who is an employee and feels they can get their HR people to listen to this, this is where I want to go. Um, you know, productivity <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is important, and it, it's it's almost impossible to get productivity from people who are carrying stuff with them. So probably that's what's next for me. Okay, great. So uh, so since you don't yet have the content, we don't have a, a book to talk about, um, but I know that one day you're going to be back on my show talking about it. Oh, that would be awesome. I am also doing recordings for people and written scripts for people. Um, for those of you who are on my emailing list, I just sent out an email about that. Again, for those who just maybe don't have the time to schedule a full session with me, um, which, by the way, I do in-person and phone sessions. I do have clients across the country. So sometimes people just can't get a full session into their day. I'm offering at a fraction of my fee email, personalized email scripts and personalized email recordings for people. Well, wonderful. So uh, why don't you tell everyone how to find you once again? Sure. My website is www dot law of attraction fun that's f u n dot com the website is in the process of being revamped but it is still up and working and you know there's a background about me and um, some of my past speaking engagements there's information on the website the email to reach me is e l for the beginning of ellen e l at law of attraction fun dot com and my phone number is six three one Three two six six one one six. Awesome. Uh, do you uh, tweet or anything like that? I tweet. I'm on Facebook. I'm LOA Sun on Twitter. Okay. And on Facebook, you can find me under Ellen Cooper Richter. All right. And that's R I C H T E R. Yes, R I C H T E R. And my hope and my wish is that a lot of people will see me in their organization in their place of employment. Okay, all you corporate people listening to me right now, hook up with Ellen Cooper Richter. And I want to thank you, Ellen, very much for being on my show for the second time. Really an honor to have you. And thank you so much, Andrew. It's always a pleasure and a lot of fun speaking with you. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to sing us out? Do I say that again? You want to sing us out? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I don't have a song to sing us out with, but I will thank you again and thanks everyone for listening. You can find me at www.myfuturecoach.com. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash coachandrew. And we'll be back next week with Karen Monteverdi. So have an outstanding next seven days and good night. Good night, Andrew. <laughs>